Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to improve their health and fitness. This is episode 88, and today we're joined by Matt Farr, who is a leading expert on the immune system. Matt specializes in helping men and women to heal, recover, and balance their immune health. Hi, Matt. Thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Hey, Darren. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. No, no worries at all. And uh, yeah, thanks for taking some time out your day. I know you're hugely busy uh, right now with the launch of your book, which we'll go into to later on. But obviously, topic of conversation is, and quite topical for what we're going to talk about today, is obviously the pandemic and the ever craziness that's going on. So what's it like where you are? Um, well, <laughs> there's not a lot happening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in London, so, right. uh, you know, like the rest of the country, yeah. uh, we're in lockdown, um, so most of the time is spent indoors, so can't really say too much about what's yeah. happening out there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, I think it, what, whatever we say has already been said, isn't it, really? And, um, yeah, we, we just have to kind of um, just get on with things, really, as as best as, as we can and, and kind of look after ourselves. So, you know, this topic of what we're going to talk about today, Matt, for me personally, like the immune system and immunity is being spoken about, obviously, for obvious reasons, so much now. Um, but I genuinely believe, I think it's like I've just said to you, that I don't think many people really understand, you know, they understand immune system and immunity, what it means, but I don't really think they understand the full functionality of it and what we can do as individuals to kind of improve that. So, that's kind of what I'd like to dig into today. But before we go yeah. into all of that, Matt, it'd be great for you to kind of give us a, some background and insight into you and how you've kind of come to where you're at today. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, so my, my background is as a, as a health coach. Um, so I work with people a lot around things like, you know, immune health problems, sleep problems, fatigue, weight loss. Those are kind of areas where I've worked a lot with mm -hmm. people. Um, my background before that, you know, I started off uh, in the health and fitness industry about 18 years ago right. as a personal trainer and I'm a sports massage therapist. And then really just over the years, as my own knowledge and my skills have evolved, I've started to work with people in other ways, in, you yeah. know, in nutrition, uh, functional medicine side of things. Right holistic lifestyle coaching and all kinds of different modalities working with the mind the emotions uh, healing yeah. arts um lots of different things that I've, I've trained in over the years right. um that allows me to help and work with people in that and then i think the other thing that's kind of contributed on my journey i think is my aside from my obvious natural curiosity which i have a very curious mind yeah. a yeah. thirst for learning um it's really my own kind of health challenges. I, I used to have a lot of problems with fatigue. Okay. Um, and probably in my mid-20s when it kind of started, which was quite unusual because, you know, obviously mid-20s, pretty young age. Um, yeah. And I was living a healthy lifestyle. I was a personal trainer at the time. And, you know, I, I was sleeping well, eating well, exercising well. But I still had problems with, with fatigue. Yeah. And that kind of started me really re, you know, researching and, and, and training in different things, particularly functional medicine. Also, more recently in the last you know, few years or so, more into the biohacking side of things as right. well, um, which has helped me immensely. Um, mm -hmm. And just studying you know, lots of different programs and stuff along the way. So you know, all of that kind of has come together and led me to where I am now, really. Yeah. I mean, it is super interesting, isn't it? Because I think... You know, for what you said there when you was young, you wouldn't normally associate fatigue and, and issues like that, A, with people that were young, but B, more, more so the fact that you said you were a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So 
is that what kind of led you on this kind of discovery? You said you're very curious, like this discovery as to why that was happening. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I've always had a, a, a you know, a passion and interest in, yeah. in biology and the human body and mind. Um, even before that, you know, I did yeah. a degree in sports science, but I think it really kind of, you know, it really gave me that extra bit of drive mm. and, and to really look beneath the surface. Cause you know, on the surface, everything seemed like yeah. I was doing all the right things. So it just led me to go, well, what else is going on? What am I missing here? And, and yeah. digging deeper. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, for me, it seems like now, maybe because I'm in this industry like you, it mm. seems to be that people are becoming way more aware of just general health. I mean, there's, there's been a shift over to be, becoming fitter and healthier. But I feel like people are, are getting way more curious and researching about just kind of general health and why we are the way we are as opposed to kind of waiting for us to get sick. Is that something that you're seeing or? I think there's definitely a big move in, mm. you know, the, the industry has grown. It's obviously matured. And then we've got information's just more readily available, isn't yeah. it? Uh, with yeah. the internet and stuff. So I think all of those things combined. Um, and, and again, you know, science has moved on and, yeah. you know, there's so much more information out there and, and deeper understanding of why the body and the mind work. So yeah. I think all of those things combined have really you know, made for this. Yeah, definitely. And I, but I also think it's kind of a double-edged sword in so much as, you know, a little bit of information can be hugely dangerous, can't it, mm. right? And, and we think that Google is the, the god to everything. And actually, I think it's great for, like you said, being curious and understanding, but I definitely feel that the, the health practitioner and the practitioners that are, you know, uh, qualified in these fields are becoming way more um, important in deciphering what that information actually means because you can go off on really crazy tangents and actually it's probably not good for you yeah 100 percent. i think this is where i think there's so much information out there to understand what actually applies to you and your yeah. unique situation and what you're dealing with and you know have, working with someone that has that understanding to be able to interpret that and assess that so that you can be doing because like you said you know you could god there's tens of thousands yeah. of different ways you could improve <laughs> your health but which you know some actually may actually do more harm than good yeah definitely so talking about the immune system then um like mm. i said in the outset i i feel that not many people understand exactly what it is so can you kind of give us a bit of a high level overview of the immune system and its function and how it functions yeah, sure. So obviously the immune system primarily is there to help defend us against any kind of invader, foreign invader, primarily pathogenic, pathogen being a harmful microbe. Um, yeah. But I mean, there are other roles that the immune system plays that can affect um, you know, our, our, our memory, our learning um, and emotions, it has roles in, 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 in that regard as well. But that's yeah. the primary role and obviously why we're here yeah. and why we're talking about it. So we have different levels to the immune system. So first of all, the first place where we find a lot of the immune system is on our, on our barriers, our skin, the right. barrier, the mucosal barrier of the respiratory tract, the digestive system, the urinary tract. You know, we find a lot of the immune system there, which is immune cells, immune antibodies are found there, which is the first point of contact when we're going to come into any potentially harmful pathogen. Yeah. And then, you know, what an, another important part of the immune system is really we can think of it as the innate or adaptive immune system. You may have heard those terms. Yeah. Um, and what happens is the, the innate immune system is the first part of the immune system that, that goes to defend us against right. any kind of invader. So, you know, let's say uh, we become infected yeah. and we, there are certain types of immune cells um, that will then you know, come into action. Mm-hmm. 
immune cells known as macrophages, uh, dendritic cells, neutrophils. These types of cells come into action. Right. And they will be there. We, we go into response, an inflammatory response. That's what inflammation right. is. Yeah. It's the first stage, really, of the immune response. Um, and that will be triggered not just from a microbe, but if we have an injury as well. Yeah. So an injury, what happens is that, you know, obviously cells split open. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that causes that immune response is the mitochondria in the cell. Right. So the origins of our mitochondria are actually bacteria. You know, that, okay. that is essentially we can think of them, the mitochondria in the cell as bacteria. Right. And they are newer to the body, the human body, than uh, the adaptive and innate immune system. So they see them as the enemy because right. the immune system is much older. So that triggers the immune system, sees that as a, effectively a pathogen which is why even with an injury, we get an immune right, right. response, an inflammatory response. So what happens is, is these, these immune cells will come along. Yeah. And what they will do is, you know, they'll go, a lot of these are what are called phagocytic. They try to gobble up a bit of the, the pathogen. Right. And they will then take it to a different part of the immune system, um, okay. which is more the adaptive. So we right. find most of the adaptive immune system in the lymphatic system. Right. Okay. And so we, we find it in other places too, but, but prim- primarily it's there. So these yeah. uh, innate immune cells and macrophages, the dendritic cells particularly, will take the, the sample, shall we say, mm-hmm. of, the, of the pathogen and present it to the innate immune system. Now, these right. are our lymphocytes. Okay. Okay. Now, we have two main types of lymphocytes, the T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes. Right. Or T cells, B cells, are also called. And it's the B cells that produce the antibodies. Right. Okay. Okay. Again, a hot topic right now. Yeah. We hear a lot yeah. about antibodies. Yeah. Well, it's the B cells that produce that. Right. And the, the T cells are involved in that process to some degree, too. They don't produce the antibodies, but mm-hmm. they play a very important role in our innate immune system as well. Yeah. Without wanting you know, too much depth into that and, yeah. and getting too complicated. Um, essentially, what the main role of the T cells is in the overall context is to help to upregulate the response yeah. of the innate immune system. Right. Okay. So they those become more sensitive, more active mm-hmm. to the offending pathogen. Now, the the other thing about the adaptive immune system is it's very specific to that pathogen. Yep. Yeah. So when when we've you know exposed to this specific pathogen, it takes time mm-hmm. for the adaptive immune system to respond to make the necessary changes, the, the proteins, the genetics, all these different things are involved before we have an output, which is why there's a, a long delay and why we have things like vaccines to try to accelerate that process. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So th- then we've got antibodies. Now a- what antibodies do is they help to essentially tag the pathogen. They're specific to the pathogen what they do is they'll latch on to the virus, the bacteria, and let the rest of the immune system know that this is here. Right, okay. They also interfere with their function. Right. So it will stop, for example, viruses from being able to get into the cell where they can cause the potential damage. Yeah. Because now they've got this, you know, this antibody attached to them, preventing yeah. them from doing what they want to do. Yeah. Same with bacteria. Right. Um, and, you know... Now the immune system can identify them and launch an attack mm-hmm. against them because it's you know, got these tags on, so to yeah. speak. So that's kind of how it all works. Um, you know, antibodies can, I think they can kill pathogens as well, but that's yeah. not their, their main role. Their main role is more targeting, you know, allowing yeah. the rest of the immune system to do what it needs to do. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a broad overview yeah. um, of, of how it all works. Okay, so so on that then, um, and obviously you know it's it's very topical right now. The, the functionality of the immune system, and you know, you obviously mentioned like vaccines and antibodies. 
Mm. A vaccine and an antibody are obviously two different things, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the, you, so you're saying that the, a vaccine is there to kind of accelerate the process of the, of, of the is it the protection of, of the virus against attacking the body or is it to accelerate the fact that the immune system knows it's there so it can build up the immunity? Kind of, but the vaccine will present some form of, you know, maybe it's the RNA, the DNA yeah. of the virus, depending on the type of, of, of virus or bacteria that it is. Um, and it will also, or it will help to induce a response. You know, it will contain a piece of protein mm. or even it may contain a, what's called a, a live virus or, you know, a dead yeah. virus. There's different vaccines working different ways, but they're there to try to affect the adaptive immune system so yes it produces antibodies but more importantly what we want is an increase in the memory of the immune system right, so okay. the b cells and the t cells have a memory cells after an antibody after the the body is you know um defended itself against the yeah. pathogen mm-hmm. it starts to produce the memory cells right yeah so that's why the antibodies go down yep. after an infection, after a period of time, mm-hmm. because now the energy and resources are going into producing the memory cells, which will hold that. And, and you know, the memory can, can be a year. It could yeah. be decades. Right. It just depends on many variables. Yeah. So, so, so when, so once the, the body or the immune system has developed that memory that we're talking about, mm-hmm. When it sees or if it sees that pathogen or virus again, yeah. is it almost like, ah, I've seen this before and now I know what to do with it so I can protect the body in a much more efficient way? Yeah, exactly. So what yeah. happens is, you know, the, the body will see this or get presented to the, the lymphocytes and then you'll have these memory B cells and, and T cells. Yeah. Which go, yeah, we've seen you before. We know we ha- already have the coding, the proteins to deal with it. They start multiplying and then mm. you know, we produce what called a plasma B cells, which produce the antibody. Right. Yeah. And now we've got lots and lots of antibodies being produced very, very quickly. Right. Because up till that point, you know, that will still take a couple of days. Mm. But rather than a couple of weeks when we don't already have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, make, that makes sense. That, that gives a good... That, gives a good clearer understanding on, you know, the role of a vaccine. Because mm-hmm. for me personally, I'm dead against the vaccines mm-hmm. because I perceive it to be that you're kind of influencing the body, trying to speed up its process where the body has enough of a, a system to deal with the virus. But like you say, it doesn't necessarily deal with it in a, in a speedy way. Instead of days, it might take weeks. And my perception is that if you have this vaccine, then the chances um, are that you're going to affect the immune system from doing what it's supposed to do. But from what you said, that is actually not necessarily the case. No, I mean, there there are lots of factors with vaccines that we might have some caution with them. And and I think, you know, rationally so, Mm. um, in my view, but... But yes, the whole point there is to accelerate the response of the adaptive immune system, which mm. in theory, at least, it helps, you know, will yeah. protect us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so that's kind of the, the basic understanding. And I, and I think that you explained that quite well. And, and I think everyone listening should be able to kind of grasp exactly how it all works. So when we're thinking about what we can do as individuals to ensure that, and this is a question I actually want to ask you actually, before I go into that, is that that is there's this, this phrase that's banding around that you can have immune system boosting foods and things like that. But I've heard that boosting your immune system is not necessarily, that's not correct. Or am I, am I incorrect? Mm -hmm. No, you, you, you just spoke into one of my pet hates. Right. Okay. <laughs> I like when I hear people talk or, you, you know, you see all these, I don't know, blog posts or Facebook yeah. posts. They talk about boosting the immune system. Yeah. And it's, 
it's it's misguided very misguided um, we don't necessarily want you you could do a lot of harm boosting your immune mm -hmm. system you know and maybe this is something we'll talk a lot more about as we go through the yeah the, the podcast but Ultimately, there's, there's other ways of influencing the immune system that's going to produce positive outcomes in terms of our protection against an infection. Right. And that doesn't involve necessarily boosting. Yes, we can upregulate and increase the response of the immune system to an infection. Mm. And there may be time and place to do that. But it's yep. not always what we want to be doing. Right. Okay, that yeah, that's that's good confirmation for me at least. I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so what I want to talk about nutrition and the role that that plays in the immune system. Yeah, um, but I specifically want to focus on first because this is a real what with what's going on at the moment. I'm hugely conflicted over this, and that is the role of and I'm not going to call this nutrition because it's just not take away food and how it can affect you know, inflammation in the body and what that the detrimental effects that can have to the immune system. And to be specific, what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, when you when we're seeing at the moment, you know, the NHS is, is trying to get information out there about what people can do. But then on the very ne next advert, you've got companies like and I'm going to call it out McDonald's advertising a triple Big Mac. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, on one hand, we're saying to people, you know, you need to take care of yourself and that, but then on the other hand the very fuel that's fueling the fire we're advertising to people that we should be you know not necessarily should be eating but we we're glamorizing that that's food and it's just not so mm -hmm. you know what's your view on on the immune system and kind of fast takeaway highly processed food well obviously it's not going to do our immune system any good yeah. Um, you know, we, we're going to see, like you've already mentioned, we're going to see an inflammatory response. Mm -hmm. You know, the way the food is prepared, food chemicals that are used in there, which can cause a lot of confusion okay. to the way the immune system works. They can, you know, certain chemicals in the food can um, elevate the production of certain immune messages that regulate messenger cells, right, known right. as cytokines, yeah, that yeah. will regulate the way the cells work. So we can create all kinds of confusion and upregulation or downregulation suppression of immune cells when we eat those foods that right. we won't even know that's going on. Yeah. Then we've got the inflammatory, you know, inflammatory fats, fats that have been cooked at high temperature, foods cooked at very high temperatures, you know, damaged proteins, all those different things in the foods. There's obviously no nutritional value in a lot of them. Yeah. You know, it's very processed foods. Um, or, but you know, foods, even what would normally be nutritious food, say vegetables, but the way they've been prepared yeah. is not going to be particularly beneficial. So all those variables are going to make for uh, immune, you know, the food that is not going to support good immune health whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so specifically talking about the inflammatory process that happens in the body when we consume this food if you can call it that um <laughs> then my understanding is that you know if your body is is constantly trying to fight this it's it's raising its inflammatory response because of what you're doing then my understanding is that at the time when you potentially contract a virus i.e covid in this case or the flu the body's already working at like a hundred miles an hour to try and deal with what you're doing from a from a food standpoint and then you add a virus on top and I believe that that's where you kind of that all kind of snowballs. Is that is that? Is that yeah, why? absolutely. I mean, the thing is, you know, if we think about ourselves, mm. you know, in in our work, we only have so much capacity. Yeah. Deal with things. You know, if you're fully working at as maximum as you can, and then you're giving another workload, you're not going to be able to deal with it. No. It's the same with the immune system. That you know, when we're in inflammatory state. Obviously, for example, inflammatory foods are one example that can cause that. Yeah. And our immune system is preoccupied dealing with this. There's yeah. little resources now available to go and deal with a new threat. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because as far as your body's concerned, yeah. this food you've eaten is a threat. Yeah, exactly. You know, as far as the immune system. So it's putting its resources 
And so the other thing as well that's going to do is when we're constantly constantly demanding of the immune system in this way, it accelerates the degeneration, what's called immunosensitivity. I can't even say the word. <laughs> Immunos, immunosensitivity, I think is, is how it's pronounced right. anyway. It's basically the aging and degeneration of the immune system. Okay. Um, and so that's going to accelerate the, de the, the demise, should we say, of the immune system. Okay. The more we, we are asking of yeah. it through inf inflammation, inflammatory foods. Mm. So there's an immediate impact and a longer term impact on the way the immune system works and you know, our capacity for then dealing with a, you know, a microbe, a virus, a bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess in that what, what springs to mind there is, is when you consider somebody who's got, you know, a, a serious illness, you know, like cancer and things like that, you know, the, I'm assuming that the body at that point is just so overwhelmed. We're trying to fight off what's happening to it. You know, the, the immune system is just not able to kind of keep up. And obviously that's an extreme example of what I'm saying there, but it's, it's kind of, in a way similar to what you're doing when you, you know, you're not paying attention to nutrition and then you get, you know, you get one of these viruses. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You know, this is, it's no surprise that people who are going to be more vulnerable to a virus, a bacteria, mm. people who are not eating nutrition, many, many reasons, mm. you know, yeah. obviously inflammation is a major, a major one. Yeah. So, so, so talking about nutrition and food then, um, you know, what can we be doing as individuals to ensure that we're giving ourselves the best possible chance, you know, should we have, you know, contract a virus and stuff like that? Is it, is it kind of a protocol you would recommend following? So I think the, the, the biggest thing we can do is what we do before we become infected with a virus, okay. which is just how we live our lives and, and our day-to-day -day diet and nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, that's far more important than what you do when you become infected. Right. You know, this is going to dictate much more about how long you're going to be ill, how much you're going to be affected. So, you know, I mean, things we just talked about with the mm. you know, processed foods and takeaway foods and all those different things, inflammation, yeah. all those things are not going to be supportive when you then get infected. You know, it's not like suddenly we can... You, your, if your immune system's degenerated and it's turned off and it's dealing with all this inflammation, we can suddenly with one food yeah. or a supplement or whatever, suddenly transform all that in a second and yeah. be able to fight this virus. You know, yeah. We need to be eating the right foods that are going to support the immune system in the, in the longer term yeah. as well as you know, all of those things. So it's kind of in some ways then what, what springs to mind. It's, it's like a muscle, isn't it? When you go to the gym, you don't train once and you've got an amazingly lean muscle, right? You, you constantly train it. And if you stop training it, that muscle doesn't become, it's not as strong, or it's not as lean. And so it's no different then really, is it? No, 100%. I mean, it's a bit like, I guess, another analogy using exercise. Yeah. You know, it would be, be like, right, I'm going to run the London Marathon next week. <laughs> yeah. let, let me just do a couple of runs now and then I'll, I'll go and do it. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, the same exactly. kind of thinking, right? Yeah. So it's basic principles then. When we're talking about, you know, making sure that we're giving ourselves the best chance when we contract a virus, that you have a nutrition, I call it a nutritionally dense diet. I'm really opposed to specific diets because I think when you break them all down, fundamentally is just about nutrients and nutrition and making sure that you have a balance, you know, mm -hmm. anything of a, you know, anything of one thing is, is always going to be a bad thing, isn't it really? Yeah, I think, I think you're right because not, you know, there's obviously all these different kinds of diets out there that will you know, propose a particular type of macronutrient, for example. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, then there's so much you're not getting, mm. when, you know, whether you're missing out on. And I think you're right. I think there are basically we, we want a nutrient dense diet. Mm hmm um uh, you know there are some basic principles we should be all be following and there may be you know maybe certain health conditions yeah um and individuals for what for different kinds of reasons we might need to be eliminating or focusing on specific things but as a general rule yeah we we just want to stick to the, the the basics i think is the most important thing yeah so that that kind of 
brings me on quite nicely to what I wanted to talk about next was 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 around gut health. Obviously, mm. gut health has become a hugely popular topic right now, and I think it's due to the fact of technology and science has evolved, which has enabled you know scientists to get a true understanding of what goes on in the gut. So, how much of an impact can our gut health have on the immune system? Well, the gut. Uh, the gut health and I guess what we can think about gut health in a number of different ways. Mm. Yeah, we can think about gut health in terms of the microbial balance. Yeah. The, um, we can also think about gut health in terms of things like, you know, stomach acid production, enzyme production, mm-hmm. you know, the, even the fun- like the liver and the, you know, the pancreas and all these different things that are kind of involved in the digestive yeah. process. I mean, one, I would say stomach acid is super important because okay. the pH of the gut is very important to the digestion of foods, but it's also there to defend us against microbes. So the stomach acid is very acidic. Okay. Uh, and so if we consume a food that's maybe got some potentially harmful microbes on there, this is our first line of defense Yeah, is the stomach acid. So if we're not producing enough stomach acid, that's going to be a problem. So that brings me on to something else I wanted to talk about, Matt, and that is um, the the kind of influence or the impact that our gut health has on the immune system. Obviously, I think that, you know, with technology evolving and science evolving, it's given people a lot more opportunities now to really understand the gut. So what part does that have? um, You know, what does that play with that with our immune system? I think it's very, very important. There's, there's many ways in which our gut health and our immune system interact and are involved. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, you, you, some people may be aware, 80% of our immune system is in the gut. Right. So that's the first obvious yeah. you know, indication of the, the importance here. But also there's lots of different ways from the microbes, the microbiota, our gut microbiota play very important roles in our immune health. Yeah. Um, even how much stomach acid we produce has an mm-hmm. influence. It's, it's really our first line of defense. So when we you know, consume a food, if that food has some kind of microbe, the stomach acid is there to help to, to kill it. In fact, yeah. it does its job most of the time. If we're producing adequate amounts of stomach acid, that goes a long way to defend us against any potential pathogen. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing we yeah. need to make sure we've got enough of. You know, the other variable or the other factor is, is obviously the, the gut microbiota. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they help regulate the pH of the colon, for example. They help very much in terms of producing certain nutrients, such as mm-hmm. vitamin B, vitamin B12, or vitamin Bs, should I say. Yeah. Particularly vitamin B12, vitamin okay. K, K2. These are all involved in, in the immune system in some degree or, or another. mm um, it also very important when it comes to regulating the way the immune system works. So the, um, the microbiota help to calibrate and educate the immune system to identify what is self as in the body yeah. and what isn't self as in a microbe. Okay. So it helps to, to teach from a very young age from, from the moment we're born. In fact, this is happening. Mm. So when we compromise our gut health by compromising the microbial balance, we actually compromise the whole way the immune system works because it's not going to be regulated in the right way. It's not learning. It's not being educated, calibrated. Mm. Right. So they play very important roles there. Um, Absorption of nutrients as well, Mm -hmm. um, which can obviously be needed by the immune system. Um, they also help to, in terms of the colonization of the microbiota, yeah. if we've got an imbalance, we're more prone to developing further you know, pathogen, pathogenic bacteria, parasites, right. you know, fungal infections and all of those things mm. because the bacteria actually help to defend us. Mm. in that in that sense they also help to protect the lining of the gut which is very very important yeah um and so when that gets compromised um 
you may be familiar with leaky gut and have yep. leaky gut, which is yep. where basically the tight junctions between cells start to, there's a gap that forms. And that's where microbes, food particles can get in through the gut wall and then, you know, cause havoc, create immune problems because now the immune system's got to deal with it until it passes yeah. the gut lining. It's not actually mm. in the body. Right. So the importance and the tightness of these junctions is very important. And, and the, the gut microbiota play a very important role there. We've got immune, you know, we have a lot of the immune system there yeah. because it's there for a reason, because yeah. this is a very important time when we're vulnerable, when we're digesting food. So we need the immune system in the gut. So yeah. it's very, very, you know, very intertwined with gut health yeah. is the immune health. So, so it, I mean, it, again, for me, that just says that we, we need to come back to basic principles and ensure that we're having this nutrient balanced diet so that the gut can develop and the, the microbiome can, can have all of the, the probiotics and prebiotics it needs to kind of develop this gut flora. That, that's kind of my understanding of it. Um, mm -hmm. so that we have this, this kind of balanced gut. And the other thing that I want to, I want to talk about as well is that, um, and I've been mocked by somebody, another podcast guest about this, about the fact that we are all individual and we're not, you know, we're all in, we, we're, we're kind of all unique. Um, and there's no kind of one size fits all. And, and the reason he kind of mocked that was because around, well, I was saying about, around diets and around how we're not all, you know, not all diets is healthy for everybody. Um, and so my point about this is that, you know, th there's all the people talk about, you know, uh, superfoods and healthy foods and all this kind of stuff where really it's just food and it's whatever works for you. Right. So, um, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, what's your kind of view on the, the, the foods that we eat in relation to the kind of probiotics and prebiotics we need to kind of balance the gut. Cause that's, that's really, um, there's not a clear way unless you have a gut health test to understand what you need. Well, I think there's some basic principles though. Right. You know, so for example, fiber is super important to the development of our gut microbiome. Okay. So if we're not getting enough diet, fiber in the diet, you know, maybe we eat very little plants, we're eating very processed foods. Yeah. It's going to cause problems. If we're eating lots of sugars, it's yeah. going to cause a lot of problems. You know, inflammatory foods are going to cause problems. Chemicals in the foods are going to cause problems. So yeah. there's some very obvious in, uh, you know, things. So your prebiotics, you were talking about prebiotics. Well, the yeah. fiber is prebiotic. Okay. So if, you know, this is the importance of eating lots of plant-rich foods. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that goes, although there might be individual differences, mm -hmm. I think we all need to be eating whole foods. We all need to be eating plant you know, a level of plants. Obviously, yep. there might be some differences and yep. you might have a different take depending on what kind of philosophy mm -hmm. you, you adopt. But the basic principles are there. Yeah. We, you know, and if we're not getting any fiber, how is the gut microbiome developing? Yeah, yeah. I think, that, I think that's a super important point to make. But I equally think that fiber is very misunderstood because when you when you talk about a diet and you're talking about macronutrients, you know, the, the general rule of thumb is you're talking about carbohydrates, proteins and fats. But very few that I hear talk about the importance of fiber in the diet. You know, you see all the cereal companies put fiber on the boxes and everything else. But, you know, and we could we could go down off down that path, I, I'm sure. But but yeah, I mean, it's, it's understanding the role and the importance that fiber plays in the gut. And on one kind of area that I've looked at fairly recently is this whole, um, particularly in the dieting world, where people seem to, 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 to gravitate towards juicing, right? Mm -hmm. Which for me is completely destroying the, the kind of reason why you'd eat fruit in the first place, right? You, you eat fruits for its nutrients, but the minute you juice it, you effectively turn it into just raw sugar. And then when it, you know, there's no fiber that goes into the gut then at that point, And it's, you know, that can't deal with the food in the, in the basic way that it should do. So can you just kind of talk about, um, what fiber is, what it does and, and kind of generalize food groups that contain high levels of fiber? Yeah. I mean, so we have different types of fiber. We have soluble fiber, we have insoluble fiber. 
we you know we get depending on where we get it from will influence the type um and they they perform different roles yeah you know fiber can help for example it can you know, the kind of old school of thought on fiber was it keeps us regular yeah and yeah it kind of does that right that's like scratching the surface right you know and you know obviously anything that's plant-based they contain typically pretty much most forms of plant foods mm-hmm. contain fibers obviously when you start processing it you that, that's a different story yeah you know but whether we're talking grains whether we're talking fruits and vegetables i mean less so f- i mean it's more insoluble fibers yeah a lot of fruits um but the 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 ones that are most beneficial, I feel, that come from the vegetables. And there's so many different types of yeah. fibers out there as well. You know, for example, we, we have something called beta-glucans. Right. So beta-glucan is a type of fiber we find in oats and mushrooms mm-hmm. that actually helps to regulate immune cells. Okay. So it's not, you know, it's not just food for the gut, uh, for yeah. the microbes. It's not just going to help keep us regular. It can also help with cholesterol levels and blood sugar regulation. Mm. You know, so we're learning all the time. I don't think mm. we even know that much about fiber, to be honest, with yeah. you, compared to what there is to know. Mm. So I think we're starting to understand that actually fiber is much more than maybe we used to think it was. Yeah. 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 That's that's super interesting, actually. But you know, in terms of the, the positive changes that we can make as individuals, you know, we've talked about following a nutrient dense diet um, and, you know, getting, getting out and about getting moving, but particularly around physical exercise, mm. because, you know, f- physical exercise is what is two things in a sense that it's good for us, but it does also, you know, put high stress on the body when you're performing the exercise. So, what would you say are some of the key elements around, you know, the relation between the immune system and physical exercise? So there is some research out there that tells us that when we're working at moderate to high intensity level for prolonged periods, mm-hmm. um, it, it lowers um, SIGA, so secretory immunoglobulin A. And right. what that is, is an antibody that we find in along the mucosa. Okay. So remember, I talked about mucosa earlier, which is where we find in the gut, in the respiratory tract, and into uh, the urinary tract as well. Yeah. So when we, what's been known is, is that lowers, you know, if we've prolonged more kind of cardiovascular exercise, really, yeah. uh, you know, a, high, a moderate to high intensity for prolonged period, you know, usually over about 90 minutes or so. Yeah. We would, we would see a lowering of that. You know, right. We could also see a depletion of glycogen in the liver, yep. which can also influence the immune system. So mm-hmm. we are more prone to infections in, in right. those instances. Mm-hmm. If we're somebody that does chronic, you know, chronic, chronic, maybe not the right word, but prolonged exercise on a frequent basis or, yep. or you know, long periods of time. Yeah. I mean, exercise can affect us in different ways and there's yeah. different benefits depending on the type of exercise as well. I mean, that's more on the negative, but for the most part, exercise is going to be very positive. Yeah. You know, but, I, but I guess though as well is that you, if you are doing these prolonged periods of exercise, it, it makes the, the nutrition part of what you're doing even more important, right? Because I understand that to be kind of the area where that's going to, you know, it's going to rest, recover, replenish. And if you're eating a, you know, a decent diet, then yeah, whilst that might kind of lower the, pot- the potential of, of protection from the immune system, it's very, very key to make sure that you're, you know, replenishing the body with the nutrients you just depleted it from. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and there may be certain nutrients you need to eat more of as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, I mean, it's kind of obvious, I would have thought. Yeah. But, well, but, it's, you know, we, 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's funny. I mean, well, not necessarily funny, but I think it's interesting that, you know, again, I, I did a Facebook Live a few weeks ago about the fact that, you know, the government are telling everybody to move, get outside and everything else. And again, comes back to the whole McDonald's thing. Sorry, McDonald's, but you're going to get it. You know, it's just like if you are going out and doing an hour's workout and then you go and go and smash a McDonald's, that's just not helping you. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point is the way most people kind of relate to food is is the calorie scenario. Mm. And I think that's very damaging because people kind of think, well, as long as I'm burning more calories than I'm eating, then I'm going to be healthy. But yeah, like that's that's just not it at all. Like there's this the the nutrients involved in exercise that's required to support exercise. We need like you said, we need to replenish it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think, you know, you and I kind of said, you know, it's, it's obvious, but I don't think it is. I, I genuinely mm. don't think that it is obvious to people um, because they, they make this assumption that it's, it, you know, it might be a bit of bread and it might be a bit of meat, but you've really got to understand as to how that's got to you and the process it's gone through. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's, that's quite key. So just, just before we kind of wrap up, I'd like to kind of just briefly touch on, immune system and, and mental health and on what kind of associations there are between those two yeah i mean so the the mind the emotions are very intertwined with the immune system because one of the well two main systems that really help to regulate the immune system are the uh, autonomic nervous system and the uh, the endocrine system, the hormones, the biochemistry of the body. Yeah. Um, there are certain you know, biochemicals that will help to suppress the immune system and others will help to increase or upregulate the immune system. Yeah. So, for example, cortisol is typically going to have a negative effect on the immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cortisol being the stress hormone. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we've got things like melatonin, mm-hmm. which is very, very important. We've got other hormones like oxytocin, endorphins, mm-hmm. dopamine, which are much more intertwined with our um, with our emotions. Yeah, that will help to uh, improve the immune response, upregulate the immune system. Right. If we look at the nervous system, we've got two sides to the autonomic nervous system. We've got the sympathetic. Mm-hmm. and we have the parasympathetic right so this the sympathetic is more involved in the immediate response yeah so the inflammatory responses really when we talk about immune system and the rest of the immune system is really primarily involved in a parasympathetic activity right so if we're chronically in a sympathetic state we're very much compromising our immune system okay and so we want to we, you know, if we want to be optimally protected, should we say, by our immune system, we need to be looking at our emotions. We need to be looking at our mental health because mm-hmm. if we're in a, you know, any kind of more of the more distressing emotions, anger, anxiety, depression, um, um, my mind's gone blank, um, <laughs> but, but you know, re, you know, holding on yeah. to resentments, for example, mm. yeah, um, frustration, all those mm. kinds of emotions are going to increase cortisol, increase the activation of the sympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. and you know, the the ones that we, you know, ones that feel good, <laughs> yeah, that, that you know, joy, happiness, and love. You know, all those kinds of emotional states are going to help upregulate, get us into a parasympathetic state. So yeah. there's this strong connection. So whatever we can do in our lives to keep ourselves in a, in a better state, a higher state, you know, yeah. learn to work and manage stress a bit better. Yeah. Anything we can do to maybe bring things like forgiveness into yeah. our lives, which is very beneficial to the immune system. Gratitude. Yeah. You know, there's studies that have shown, for example, that emotions like anger increase um, inflammation. Yeah. Um, and suppress natural killer cells. So natural killer cells are the main immune cells that defend us against viruses, funny mm-hmm. enough, yeah. as well as uh, cancer. Wow. So, you know, that they are what they call intracellular Mm. Uh, immune cells 
that that fight intracellular infections. Yeah. And so for that reason, you know, engaging too much in those emotions can be detrimental to our immune health. So whatever we can do to improve our mental health, our emotions is going to have a positive effect on our immune health. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so interesting and really key to point out because, you know, a lot of what you're talking about with, with how we feel, with how we behave, with how we react, gratitude, you know, that's all emotions. Once you're aware of those, they're really easy to kind of, I wouldn't say to change, but easy to be aware of and to work on, to improve upon, which ultimately will go to kind of, you know, reduce that inflammation response, reduce the cortisol levels. And it's just having that information, I think, is so key, that the information and awareness that that is how it works and the simple things that you can do in order to improve your state and to where you're at, other than going the other way, which is down the pharmaceutical route, which I accept that there are people that have to go down that route. But I Mm -hmm. think, you know, if you can start at the basic levels, you know, particularly now, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there who are really stressed out about what's going on. You know, the stuff that goes on in the media, you know, it's, it's, it's in some ways it's, it's kind of, it's not scaremongering, but you know, they magnify the situation from what it actually is to kind of protect everybody. And I understand that, but you can, you know, I've even known family members that have got so consumed by watching the news that they kind of get themselves into a bit of a frenzy. Um, and, and obviously, like you say, you know, that, that can't help the underlying systems that go on in the body. No, for sure. You know, if you're in a state of fear, then you're going to be suppressing your immune system. Mm. And so, you know, there's obviously circumstances in our lives that bring up these emotions. But, but like you've just pointed out, how we live our lives, our lifestyle, in, in the environments we put ourselves in. Yeah. You know, not just environments, physical environments, but, you know, the television is our environment. Yeah. So what we choose to watch on that television is going to affect our emotional state. It's going to Definitely. affect our state of mind. And if we're constantly watching things like the news, yeah. then it's, it's not going to have a beneficial effect on our immune system for sure. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, you know, I think we need to take that level of responsibility. You know, health is all about personal responsibility. So, yeah, and that, that's a great point. That's a really great point. Sorry, and I'm, I'm just quickly interrupting you, but I think that is such a great point because we have been conditioned to think that health is when we get sick, we go and see a doctor, or we go to the NHS. And I personally don't. I think that model is not sustainable. I think the NHS and doctors are doing an amazing job, but we, it, I believe now it's come time for us as individuals to say, actually, no. How am I feeling? before I get sick, what can I do to improve? I just think it's, it's really, really important for us to understand that. And I, and I think this extends beyond that too, like in the solutions that we look for, mm, because, yeah. you know, some people will go, I get sick. Oh, I'm going to take a supplement. Yeah. A, a nutritional help. I'm not saying those things don't help. Yeah. They do have some benefit, mm. but not they, they, they play a small margin. You're talking small margins. Yeah, yeah, most of it is about what you do in your daily choices. Yeah. So even with a vaccine. Yeah. You know, the vaccine is there it will aid the response of the immune system to an infection. Yeah. But ultimately, if your immune system is compromised, it's dysregulated, you're chronically stressed, you're chronically inflamed, which is from your lifestyle choices, then the the, the immune system is, you know, if it's operating at 50%, the vaccine will help, but it won't be anything like actually you, you know, taking responsibility for your lifestyle choices, for the way you think and you feel that will yeah. influ- have a far bigger influence where your immune system works. Yeah, yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more, really, because I, and I've said this over the last few weeks. I believe that we are putting way too much emphasis on the vaccine and when there's no, I haven't seen, and I personally stay away from the news, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen anybody come out and say, look, this is the long-term approach. It's almost like we're all operating from a fear standpoint, which I understand because there's millions of people affected. And it's like the vaccine is going to drop and it's all going to go back to where it was. And it's just not. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, unless we wake up to the fact that this is just, 
humanity or whatever it is you want to call it saying you've been taking the mickey for too long and mistreating what nature's given you now 100%. you need to wake up 100 percent, and and we can extend this further with the way that we've affected the whole ecosystem and, and yeah. habitats of, of you know, plant life and animals on the planet. Mm. Actually, it's very, I've just been reading this really interesting book called Spillover. Right. And it's all about pandemics and how okay. they come about. Yeah. And uh, the, the real origin, really, I mean, I'm, I'm very much paraphrasing this book, but, <laughs> but the real origin is that you know, we are seeing an increase in pandemics. Yes, we're seeing an increase in pandemics for, for reasons for, for the influence of how we've treated the planet mm. and the ecosystems, you know, that have driven that, you know, it's, it's obviously damaged the habitats of yeah. many, you know, animals, which, you know, some are dying out. Mm. So the, you know, many of these host viruses and yeah. bacteria that then have to find a new host and that yeah. just moves closer and closer to us and our yeah. interactions and we have the whole globalization where we get food from all over the world yeah. we're all traveling from what so a pandemic in which in the past might have only occurred in a you know one region yeah. of one country suddenly becomes a global thing yeah i think and, that's and, that's an important point as well you know the, the fact that we have become more globalized as a, as a human race and it has been able to to kind of reach areas that, like you said probably 20 30 years ago it wouldn't have happened it would have been contained so yeah matt that's that's fascinating i could talk about this this topic for a long long time but um <laughs> just to be conscious of your time and everything so before we leave today is there five things that we could we could give the listeners that they could take away and and just kind of be aware of or implement into their to their daily lives to help yeah okay great great question so i think one is to just be more active yeah in in in, in life so that can look like exercise but other ways we can be more active might be you know i know we're speaking sp particularly to dads in their 40s yep. here you know engaging with the kids you know sport even dancing you know, dance yeah. people are not dancing actually helps to boost your immune system yeah you know in my book i talk about it you know yeah. sport very important in, in many different ways that being more active you know just getting more movement into your day walking you know yep. it doesn't have to be exercise so being as looking at how can you do this yeah you know how can you bring it into the, your you know engagement with your kids as well as just your everyday life and being yeah. more active is one really important thing um and, and it affects the immune system in so many different ways mm -hmm. um sleep we haven't right. really talked about no, sleep no. but it's a massive one when it comes yeah. to the immune system um and you know on, for so many reasons yeah um but it's when when the immune system is going to be most active so anything we can do to improve not just how long we sleep, but mm -hmm. the quality of the sleep yeah. and what we do before we go to bed to prepare our bodies for sleep. In the same way we warm up for exercise, we need to prepare the body and mind for sleep. Yeah. And, you know, I know we haven't really got to talk about it today, but, you know, there's, there's so much. There is, there is that, and that's that. again a whole podcast on its own. Right? Yeah, totally. And, and probably many podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, sleep is really, really important. Um, we talked about it a lot, obviously, on this. Whole foods, mm -hmm. you know, getting lots of nutrient-dense foods, yeah. plant foods, getting those food into our diet, focusing our diet on those is going to be super important for developing the immune system. Yeah. Um, you know, we touched on it again, getting outdoors. Yeah. You know, super important. Like, getting into nature, like, you know, there's 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 chemicals that when we're in, we're walking in the woods, we're, we're going into the park that are released by plants that actually yep. help to increase the immune system function. Wow. Something called phytonicide is released. Wow. Um, and, you know, just the effect that it has on our nervous system mm -hmm. and our biochemistry, just being in those environments, connecting with the earth as we do it as well. So, you know, yeah. I'm a big fan of earthing and grounding. I don't yes, know I am as that. well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Definitely getting that and sunlight, of course, as well, when we get outdoors has huge impacts. Obviously, there's vitamin D that everyone's aware of, but there's actually many other mechanisms mm. in which sunlight 
influences our immune system. So yeah. getting outdoors on a regular basis every day, really. Um, yeah. And then I think another one that's really important in terms of our emotional and, and mental well-being is, is, is learning to let go. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is in our modern lives, we get so focused on trying to control everything. Yeah. That it becomes super stressful. Yeah. If we think we have to have everything right and everything sorted. And, yeah. you know, also we can, in another way this, this might look is we get attached to um, our ideas about how things should look, about how our life should look. We get attached to our emotions yeah. um, and, you know, how people, other people should behave, um, you know, and, and, you know, in our view and our, our, our righteousness. Yeah. And so learning to let go of all of those things and not be so strongly attached mm. to our own perspective. Yeah. And, and the way we think things should be and controlling everything. Yeah. Because all of that just creates stress. Yeah. It creates these distressing emotions that I was talking about earlier. So the more we can learn to just practice in letting go, yeah. you know, me- meditation is a, a, a great tool for that. Yeah. learning to let go of our thinking and our yeah. thoughts you know and i think that has a really positive effect on our immune system as well yeah so i'd say so those those five things so moving yeah. more, uh, improving sleep whole food nutrient dense diet getting outdoors you know and just learning to let go it's it's not easy it takes no. practice and i think i think that's a great the, the last point you made there is a great point because i think that we uh, it, it, and I've been reading a book from a psychologist at the moment. Uh, it's about accepting that we d- that the future is unknown. Mm. We what it's almost like we hang on to this. The future must be in a certain way. And yes, you know that's natural for us to want to do that. But it's also accepting that actually we can't really control it if we're honest. And it's just accepting that it's a bit of unknown. And I think that's you know particularly with what's going on right now people are becoming very stressed because it is almost a little bit like it's unknown, isn't it? We don't know where this is going or if and when it's ever going to end. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a, a really, really great point um, is, is, is that psychological element. And and I agree meditation, calming the mind um, is something that I struggled with, with, with for a long time, but I've managed to grasp it now. And I do a 10 minute meditation every morning. I do grounding. I think grounding is great. And people think that this is probably a bit, a bit crazy, but with all of the, the electronic frequencies that go around the body that in the environment right now, you know, reconnecting with the earth and everything else like that is very, very, it's very calming. Yeah. And I think, I think we'll, we'll, over the next five, 10 years, we'll start hearing a lot more about this. I think Mm. the, 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 our bodies are electric in nature. Yeah. You know, we're bioelectric. We, our cells have electric charge. Yeah. And this is very, very relatable to the disease Mm. and health. And, you know, just simple, doing simple things like getting outdoors in the sun and connecting with the earth. Yeah. Grounding. Yeah. Very, very important because they help to increase electrons, mm. the flow of electrons in the body, which is super, super important to our health and well-being. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fantastic, Matt. I really appreciate your time. But before I let you go, can you just tell us about you got a new book that's either coming out or just come out? So if you can tell us about a little bit about that and obviously links to it and all your socials and how people can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, I have a book that has kind of come out and kind of it depends where in the world you are. Right. So, so basically, it's called Immune System Hacks. Okay. It contains over 175, in fact, to be more precise, 187 cool. hacks. You know, obviously, I've shared a few things in there, and this is just a flavor of it. But, but you know, this book is, is, is coming out. It, the physical copy comes out on the 21st of January in the UK and Europe. Right. It came out in the US on the 15th of December. Uh, it's just with COVID and yeah. you know, all the, <laughs> the shipping impact and things like <laughs> that. Um, but the digital and the audio versions are already out. Okay. Awesome. All over the world. So you awesome. can get those. So audible and, and wherever yep. else you might get an audio book. I'm not sure where, where else you get them these days. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so the, the, so the book, and then what I've done is put together a ton of resources to help people get the most out of the book. So one of the most important things in there is uh, I've put together a, a reference guide which allows people to understand which hacks apply to whatever your goals are, health conditions, okay. which are the most important ones to you. So yeah. it really helps people because 187 is a lot, a lot of yeah. hacks. Yeah, yeah. So it's so, like, well, how can I decipher which is most relevant to me? So uh, I put together um, that and some other resources, um, okay. which people can grab at immune system hacks dot, uh, sorry, immune system hacks book.com. Perfect. All right. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll put links to that in the show notes as well. Perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then also I've got a Facebook group, immune system hacks, which I've just launched recently Brilliant. again, just to give people more information and people can learn more. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Uh, I have a, Instagram, again, is something I've recently launched. I've resisted okay. Instagram for a long time. <laughs> I finally <laughs> I finally surrendered. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that is uh, building resilience okay. one. And so one as in a number one. So building right. resilience one. Okay. Um, so if anyone wants to connect on there as well, they can do. So, yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right. That's great, Matt. Thank you very much again. So yeah, guys, go over to immunesystemhacksbook.com. Uh, Matt's got some great resources on there. Sorry, I completely forgot one, one final thing, on, if then. I may. Yeah, <laughs> it's, absolutely. It's my, it's, it's my website, of course. Yeah, well, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just simply mattfarhealth.co.uk. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, which has got all of you know, stuff about myself and my services and whatnot. Perfect. Yeah. So check out those two websites, guys. We'll put links to those in the show notes. And yeah, I'd love to get you back on again, Matt, to talk about some more detailed topics. Maybe we'll do an episode on sleep. That would be yeah. a good one, I think. Um, and yeah, good luck with the book. Good luck with the launch. Did you actually read the book on Audible yourself or? No, I didn't. I, do you know right. what? I, I haven't listened to it yet. I really want to okay. like hear it. I hope they sound really super intelligent. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was hoping Patrick Stewart might do it or someone like that. <laughs> yeah, that would know? be good. That would be good. <laughs> awesome. All right, mate. Well, thanks very much for your time again, Matt. And um, I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for listening to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. <laughs>